0: It's it's so fresh. It's it's so new. Yeah, right. what, what's going on in Israel? I right. would ask everybody to pray for mm-hmm. the folks over there. Yep. Um, and even though you know we reject wholeheartedly moral equivalence, mm-hmm. we acknowledge the human toll yeah. on both sides mm-hmm. and um, uh, the loss of life. The tragic loss of life that has happened and will happen mm-hmm. um, is, is horrible, um, and so I'd ask everybody to pray for pray for the folks over there who are, are dealing with a grueling set of circumstances and choices.
1: And welcome to another episode of the Bandit Room. My name is Charles. I'm joined here in the studio today by Mr. Caleb. Hello again. And our guest across the table from us is South Carolina Senator Wes Clymer. Now, Wes, you represent District 15. Uh, you've been representing us since uh, 2016. Uh, tell us a little bit about who you are.
0: Sure. So, I, I grew up in Rock Hill. Yeah. Uh, went to uh, Ebonport, Sullivan, and Northwestern. Okay. And uh, i now married with five children. Okay. Um, wow. And uh, they range in age from four to 12. Mm. Uh, I'm a financial advisor by profession. Yeah. And um, it's been a, a, just an extraordinary privilege to get to serve in the Senate for a few years.
1: Awesome. Now, what brought you to run for South Carolina Senate?
0: Yeah, I got frustrated mm-hmm. with um, what was going on in Columbia yeah. uh, for really the better part of the, you know, prior two decades. Uh, mm-hmm. Republicans had had a, a nominal majority, mm-hmm. uh, a majority in name only. But the work product of the General Assembly did not reflect that majority, and that was substantially because uh, several members of the Senate at that time uh, were uh, they obstructed conservative policy objectives, and mm-hmm. and so one of those was my predecessor in in this role, who was mm-hmm. a fantastic guy, um, just an incredible man. But he and I had some fundamental disagreements about yeah. policy questions. Mm-hmm. And so I met with him and talked through some of those disagreements and um, ultimately decided that uh, I needed to run. Mm-hmm. I didn't think I would win because yeah. uh, he'd been an incumbent. And yeah. uh, again, he's a great guy, yeah. um, but ultimately prevailed by a, by a couple hundred votes. Yeah. And mm-hmm. uh, the rest is history. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so that was the primary you're referring to. That was to. in the primary, yeah. And then when you ran for the actual seat, you were unopposed. Is that right? Yeah. Or was it? Okay. Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> so is it that bad of a job that nobody wants to run against you?
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> i Other than had, the incumbent. I had I'm opposition last time. Yeah. I yeah. okay. yeah, probably okay. have okay. opposition next time. Gotcha. So, yeah, gotcha. Yeah. gotcha. yeah. Okay.
1: Okay. Very good. Awesome. Well, um, yeah, I feel like we'd be remiss if we didn't go into some of the current events that are going on in the world. Uh, We're recording this today on October 11th, just this past weekend. Um, The world witnessed a horrific attack on on Israelis uh, from the uh, organization Hamas. And um, it's my understanding you've actually visited Israel and and seen some of these places that that they're talking about.
0: Yeah, so uh, in 2017, I went... Uh, to Israel for a actually a pretty long trip with yeah. the uh, American Israel Education Foundation, which takes uh policymakers from around the country uh to get a better sense of what what's going on in Israel i mean um, yeah and attempt to build relationships really right. and so um, a lot of the barbarism that we've seen happened in places where we spent some time on that trip mm. uh and i struggle to pronounce it that you spell it s-d-e-r-o-t mm-hmm. Sederot. okay after okay. i'm okay. getting it right in kafar isa which is um two uh, border communities of, of gaza in israel um kafar was is the scene of uh, 40 murdered babies gosh and um I, i'll never forget when we were there um, met with a, a you know, just a, a woman there who um, was, her, her role, I guess, was tell us what, what daily life was mm-hmm. like. And, you know, they're only about two miles from the border with Gaza. Mm-hmm. And so they live under constant threat of of missiles being rained down upon their homes mm-hmm. and their children's schools and so on and so forth. And so they are uh, bomb shelters everywhere. Bus stops are bomb shelters. The kids' playground has bomb shelters. I mean, there's bomb mm. shelters everywhere. Mm. And she described this story, uh, or an incident, I should say, where you know one day she was uh, on the way home from the grocery store, a uh, car full of groceries, had two kids buckled in the back seat of the car, and uh, the the siren went off. And when the siren goes off, you have eight to fourteen seconds to get into a bomb shelter and that that's just what the government says is you know what that's Mm -hmm. that's how much time you have and Mm -hmm. so she had two children buckled into the back seat she knew she only had time to get one Mm. so in that instance she had to choose Mm. and as a as a father i cannot begin to fathom right that choice how do you Mm. how do you make that choice and then after you've made it even Mm. if everyone survives how do you live with yourself with that choice? And mm-hmm. that is a daily fact of life for these communities. And, and regrettably, um, I've reached out to some of the folks who um, were on that trip with us and have not yet been able to confirm one way or the other. But I, I assume, based on the statistics from that kibbutz, that mm-hmm. um, she and her family are probably no longer with us. Gosh, mm-hmm. it, I mean, it, is a, it is a just horrible, horrible tragedy. Yeah. Um, Wow. And the barbarism of which is just is just unthinkable.
1: Yeah, it's very difficult to to watch that and 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 to see the kind of weird both sidesism reaction on certain things. Oh. Uh, you know, it's, it, is
0: so abhorrent. It, it, it is so important. It is so important to see the the attempt to create some sort of moral equivalence right. between um, these barbaric terrorists yeah. who intentionally purposefully and, and flagrantly go after and – I mean, they seek out yeah. women and children. They seek out civilians right. for barbaric murder mm-hmm. as opposed to uh, Israel, which um, makes a sincere effort to avoid civilian casualties where possible yeah. and has spent a great deal of money mm-hmm. and effort and time uh, trying to uplift some of the the very same communities that seek Israel's destruction. Right plethora of different reactions
1: going on in the world to the situation right now is it's interesting and it's it's weird to me that there's a variety of stances you can have. You can be both against terror and also have criticism of the Israeli government, but at the same time, uh, yeah, you know, you got to call this what it is. This is that's is purely an act of terrorism. Yeah. And anything yeah. coming close to justifying anything like that is is it's like. Defending a school shooter because he was bullied or something right. like that, you know. Yeah. It's like, well, yeah, you know, oh, sure, he, sure, something led to that, but that that doesn't excuse the behavior, you know. It's it's, it's yeah, and unbelievable.
0: The, and the, the right of a nation to defend itself, yeah, um, is unquestioned. And and Israel uh, will have to take really extraordinary measures to defend itself. Not not only in in the in the in the near term, an immediate yeah. response to go after the perpetrators. Um, but we should all be prepared for the fact that this is going to likely be a multi-year conflict, and has a very real potential to expand into a kind of continental war, yeah. uh, with yeah. with multiple state actors involved. Mm. Hard to contemplate. Yes, yeah. uh, it is. Well, Let us tell you another story from uh, from that that trip. We we visited a hospital in the Golan Heights. So Gaza's kind of on the south, and then the Golan Heights is on the northern side. Mm-hmm. And uh, there is a. Um, You know, like a just a community hospital there, and it's really near the near the border where they're at the you know time, sort of civil war, just on the other side of the line. And um, Israel's sort of policy—I don't know Mm -hmm. if it's a formal policy or just what they Mm -hmm. Um, do—but if someone is left at the border um, who is injured, they pick up that person who has been injured and take the person to the hospital and give them treatment. Mm -hmm. And again, a lot of times these are amputations. These are, Mm -hmm. you know, serious medical, where they're spending tens of thousands of dollars. And so, um, and they do so without regard to who that person is Mm -hmm. because they, you know, the, the doctrine of their faith commands Mm -hmm. that they care for their fellow man. And so at this hospital near the Golden Heights, um, we, (laughs) we, ran into one of these terrorist fighters Mm. who uh, was in a hospital bed and had been injured gravely in the fighting, but the Israelis took care to, you know, seek to heal him. And uh, it seared into my mind the hatred and contempt Mm -hmm. that was in his eyes Mm. when he saw us. And that says something significant about... The Israeli ethos. Mm. I mean, this guy would have killed every single person in the room mm. if he had the means to do so, mm. and yet they spend tens of thousands of dollars attempting to heal him yeah. and get him home. Well, it does say something. And so, again, back to you know our, yeah. our original conversation yeah. around uh, those who attempt to create a moral equivalence between the two. Right. <laughs> it is impossible yeah. for an honest person to see a moral equivalence in in both sides of this yeah, conflict. for sure. Impossible. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. fascinating. And
2: yeah,
1: the, the kind of, the barbarism, we're still learning about all that was going on over the weekend, I mean, it's, uh, but the examples that you've seen, the sort of barbarism, and like you said, just the pure hatred that someone has to have to carry out these kind of acts. It's, yeah. it's fascinating and horrifying. is uh, something that we, don't really have any real connection to uh, as an American. I was thinking about it in different terms that like these are essentially highly delusional extremist type people that are committing these acts. And the only thing I could compare it to is in America, we typically only see that in groups of one right. as a like a deranged yeah. shooter going yeah. into a place. You know, it's like, can you imagine if they had like a hundred friends that were communicating and, and coordinating that attack? Right. You know, yeah. I mean, that's kind of like what this is. If you were thinking about it, and what we see in America, you know, but um, and, and to, you know,
0: to try and, to, and they're also close together. I mean, yeah, geographically, it is sure. it is ten times further from where we sit today mm-hmm. to downtown Charlotte yeah. than it is from Gaza to oh wow yeah. some of the Kibbutzim that have been massacred. Yeah. Wow, they're two yeah. miles away. We're about twenty miles away from Charlotte. So think about how we would feel right. if North Carolina and North Carolinians were you know, attempted to murder us on a daily basis. Right, right. You know, I mean, and that's sort of the the world that that Israelis live in every day.
1: Yeah. It's hard to imagine, hard to imagine. Also hard to imagine if anything like that were to happen to America, which, I mean, it did, you know, in 9-11. Hard to imagine that we wouldn't react with an insane show of force. Right. You know, I mean, which is what we did in 9-11. And I think hardly anyone would argue that that was uh, uncalled for. Sure.
0: Um, And just like then, I mean, the... um American power will be Necessary to ensure The right outcome in this conflict as well Yeah, Um, what do you think
1: uh, our role Should be in that? Um, Well,
0: the uh, You know, sending um, The You know, aircraft carriers to the region Is obviously a really good start because I think um, Strategically uh, Certainly Israel would rather Have a one front war rather than A two front war Mm -hmm. and if Um, if the United States um, gives an appropriate expression of its intent Mm -hmm. to prevent Iran from unleashing Hezbollah on the northern end of Syria, excuse me, northern end of Israel, um, while the conflict is ongoing in Gaza, that would be, I think, pretty instrumental to um, um, enhancing Israel's ability to ensure a more durable peace. But You know, if if the United States does not express adequate resolve that the that the Iranians believe Mm -hmm. and that they fear, uh, then a multi front war opens up very quickly, Mm. and the um, the tragedies on both sides that will unfold as a consequence of that are really beyond the scope of anything in recent global history. Yeah, I mean it is uh, the the risks are great, and American power is uh, in that region, can be a guarantor of good outcomes. And I hope that the Biden administration recognizes that fact and acts accordingly. We're in for a long war. Yeah. And when those who seek to draw a moral equivalence between the sides do so, mm. put yourself in the shoes of the Israeli who has sent her child to a playground every day that is enmeshed in a bomb shelter. Right. Think about that. And think about how you would respond if people from North Carolina were shooting rockets at you every day. Mm -hmm. If Charlatans hopped on motorcycles and came down here and dragged several thousand of us from Rock Hill Mm -hmm. to our gruesome deaths. How would you feel? Because American support for the Israeli effort can prove determinative of the outcome. I mean America has a role to play in this situation, uh, and it should yeah
1: um if we want to move from global and move back to local for <laughs> yeah. a minute yeah uh one thing that you were recently uh recently was signed in 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 the state of South Carolina was a certificate of need repeal that's a, a bill that you introduced i believe yeah um tell tell us a little bit about that and what that means for the average. Uh, citizen of South Carolina.
0: So let's start with what certificate of need is. Yeah, sure. Okay, so um, certificate of need, C-O-N. Mm-hmm. Certificate of need is a, is a permission slip required by the government for anyone who wants to invest $600,000 or more in a healthcare facility or piece of equipment. So if you wanted to install an MRI machine, mm-hmm. you got to get a certificate of need. If you want to mm. build a hospital, certificate of need. If you want to build an outpatient surgery center, certificate of need. And the, the, the real problem with certificate of need is that uh, when the DHEC, the, mm-hmm. the health department, issued a certificate of need, that, the issuance of that certificate of need can be contested in court, hmm. right? And so in York County, um, the parent company of the Piedmont Medical Center, Tenant, and Atrium, mm-hmm. the Charlotte Mecklenburg Hospital Authority, yeah. fought an 18-year legal battle over who was allowed to build a hospital in fort mill okay. so tenet ultimately prevailed in that in that legal contest um, and that's the new hospital yeah. in Fort mm-hmm. mill that is a you know that that is the ultimate result of that mm-hmm. nearly two decade legal fight uh, but for two decades this community didn't have a hospital that right. it needed yeah all right yeah and then and so that I mean that's access to care and then let's talk about price right when there when consumers have more options when consumers have more choices Mm -hmm. what happens to quality and cost quality goes up cost comes down Yeah, competition generally competition competition works and so uh, by repealing certificate of need you unleash the private sector to innovate and invest and you let healthcare practitioners make mm-hmm. healthcare investment choices not judges and lawyers right right and so let people go take risks let mm-hmm. people go build outpatient surgery centers if they fail they fail mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. but we shouldn't have a system where the government and the courts prevent mm-hmm. people from investing in their businesses and delivering healthcare to people i'll right. give you a, give you an example of sort of like how this plays out a physician In this area, um, I I met with him sort of early in this certificate of need process, and he described to me, you know, uh, physicians have admitting privileges at at hospitals, Mm. right? So this guys he's an oncologist, cancer doctor. Mm. Um, During their biannual contract renewal conversation, um, he explained that their practice was going to invest in some new radiation therapy services for their cancer patients, Mm. right? Good thing, smart. You know, I'm sure if, if you know, if I, I had cancer, I would be glad that they had, right? If your family members had cancer, you would be glad that their oncologist could deliver that care. Right. The CEO of the hospital with whom this practice was negotiating says, don't even try. I have the resources to nuke you. Hmm. And what he meant by that was there's no point in you investing in this radiation therapy service or even, you know. Applying for a certificate of need because mm-hmm. I can tie you up in court so long mm-hmm. that your legal cost will exceed the cost of investment in the <laughs> in, in the yeah. you know technology to begin with, yeah. and you know you won't get your radiation therapy service for ten or fifteen years. Huh. So, I mean, not only does the elimination of certificate of need result in more investment, more competition, more choice for patients. But this access to care component is pretty significant, especially in a rapidly growing community like ours, mm-hmm. in a border community like ours. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think because Certificate of Need has now been repealed, uh, York County will be uh, on the receiving end of a very significant amount of capital investment in health care, yeah. which is a great benefit to all of us here. Yeah. yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. What's the... Um I mean, hearing you describe it seems like a slam dunk. What's the uh, argument? Like, why, why, why do these things exist? Why does a certificate of need? uh, Okay, other than to (laughs) other than to benefit certain large medical practices. Well, you hit the nail on the head on why get a monopoly.
0: Yeah, so uh, that's it. Yeah. Um, So, but that that's not its its genesis. But that's why it lasted so long. Its genesis is that uh, in the seventies, the federal government um, offered states incentives to um, enact certificate of need laws and the thesis at the time was that if there were less health care available in the marketplace then people will consume less of it and therefore health care costs will come down so it took everything <laughs> like that was the
1: theory right? yeah like that's the, <laughs> that,
0: that was it and that's so everything funny. you you know about economics yeah turn it upside down yeah that certificate of need. And just, like, limit the doctor's offices and there'll be fewer sick people. Right. Yeah, like, I mean, that, that, that really was the thesis, really? which is, a, I mean, it's totally insane. And then, yeah. you know, once something like that comes into effect and you have a well healed um, beneficiary of that system, yeah. this would be uh, large hospital networks that, that really enjoy operating in, in monopoly or duopoly markets, um, they fought really hard to keep this thing in place. Mm. Um, I mean, efforts began to re, you know uh, to repeal certificate of need as far back as twenty years ago. Oh yeah, and it only got repealed this year. Huh. Yeah. Wild, wow,
1: well that's that's great. Um, and what was the timeline on that? Was it already repealed earlier this year, and it was just recently ceremonially signed? That's what it, was. Is that what it was. Yeah, okay.
0: yeah, it was uh, the repeal legislation um, passed in the Senate. Last year, mm-hmm. and then again this year. Gotcha. Uh, it failed in the House last year, ultimately passed in the House mm-hmm. this year, and then the governor signed it into law um, after both yeah. houses of the General Assembly passed it. Nice. And
2: when does that go into effect? Is it already in effect? It's or? in effect. Okay. okay, great. Yeah, Cool.
0: For everything except for acute care hospitals. Okay. And then for large hospitals, the the repeal will take effect, uh, I believe, January 1, 2027. Okay. Yeah.
1: Nice. Very cool. Awesome. Well, that's big. Um, what other yeah. kind of uh,
0: projects are you working on right now in uh,
1: yeah. the Senate?
0: Judicial reform, yeah, is is something I'm spending a lot of time on these days. Um, South Carolina is one of two states where the legislature elects judges. Yeah, all right. Uh, the other being Virginia, hmm. and our process for choosing judges has is just fundamentally broken. Hmm. Um, and let me, let me back up and say, what do we want in a judicial system, right? What we want is equal justice under the law, mm-hmm. right? That is, mm-hmm. a, that is a just fundamental tenet of representative democracy in America. I mean, right. that is a fundamental tenet of a free people, mm-hmm. right, is that you get equal justice under the law. Yeah. If the government makes a criminal accusation against you, equal justice under the law. If you get into a dispute with another party on a civil matter, equal justice under the law. The only thing that should matter to the judge is the facts and the law, period. That is not the system we have in South Carolina today. The system we have in South Carolina today is corrupted by legislative interference in the judicial system. If you wanted to be a judge, Mm -hmm. right, anybody wants to be a judge you make an application to this body called the Judicial Merit Selection Commission And South Carolina's Constitution requires that there be a Judicial Merit Selection Commission that's populated by six legislators three from the House three in the Senate and then four non-legislator people and they're usually all attorneys Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and the six lawyer legislators are all attorneys Mm -hmm. and so the the Judicial Merit Selection Commission is tasked with screening who is qualified to be a judge, and then for each judicial race, so from the Supreme Court on down to family courts Mm -hmm. um, or, you know, the circuit courts, which do criminal matters and a lot of civil matters, Mm -hmm. um, the JMSC uh, will screen applicants and then report out uh, up to three candidates per race. Mm. All right, so that's—and then the General Assembly votes on— those who have been found qualified 170 members of the general assembly takes 86 votes to get a majority Mm -hmm. all right where the process breaks down is all right if if i can hire you and i can fire you what do you call me Hmm. i'm I'm your boss boss, yeah or your your employer or something like that Mm -hmm. you certainly wouldn't say that that's a co-equal relationship right right and I know, you know, back to our, you know, middle school American government class, mm-hmm. uh, we spend a lot of time talking about three co-equal branches of government right. and the merits of of yeah. having three co-equal branches of government. Mm-hmm. Well, that's not what we have in South Carolina. The, ju- the judiciary is a subsidiary of the legislature,
1: okay.
0: where the legislature hires mm-hmm. and fires the judges. So okay. it is not a co-equal branch of government. And f- I believe... I go back and check the math. If this isn't exactly right, it's pretty close. I think 46% of the General Assembly is attorneys. Mm-hmm. Right? So there's a lot of lawyer yeah, legislators yeah, who yeah. are going into these courtrooms, trying cases before the judges over whom they have hiring and firing power. Oh. Yeah. Especially the members of the Judicial Merit Selection Commission. Interesting. And so, I mean, I've always said kind of not, I mean, I wish it were a joke. It's, it's not a joke. But if you ever get in real trouble in this state, <laughs> the best justice money can buy is hiring a member of the Judicial Merit Selection Commission. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and God help you if you're ever involved in a civil matter yeah. and you look over and your opposing counsel yeah. is a member of the Judicial Merit Selection Commission. Yeah. And so back to what I said at the outset, what we're after is equal justice under the law. Right. Have I described a system to you that, that mm-hmm. sounds like equal justice under the law? Or is it a, or is a system that has sort of a baked-in Preferential justice under the law for certain people with certain connections.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm.
0: I can definitely see how that would. And create, so create that conflict. Yeah. The consequence of that is that there are many, many, many horrible criminals walking around on the street today who should be in jail, but they're not in jail because they hired a lawyer legislator to represent them. Interesting. Right, and there are judges who probably not their probably not their wish, mm-hmm. probably not what they want, yeah. uh, but feel compelled to give preferential treatment in their courtrooms to certain people as a consequence of their representation. Yeah, right. Um, and I want to be very clear: not every lawyer legislator participates in in these practices. Sure. Certainly not every judge abides. Mm-hmm. the the effort to influence their decisions sure but enough
1: do right well just but, the, the fact that right there is that dynamic that exists regardless of whether or not it sways a judge's opinion that dynamic is there so it's kind of you know impossible to know you know uh, you know right it's sort of by nature by nature of the relationship you're uh it's kind of it's conflicted in. like, yeah. like yeah. you said yeah, yeah. like yeah. Well, that's interesting yeah. so what would what would a proper reform of the system look like would that be a uh, removal of the ability of legislators from practicing at the same time or changing the way the judges are selected or make an independent body for that
0: i think what you said is a a part of it Mm um but let's talk about the the sort of the structural piece and then come back to that kind of ethical conflict of interest piece yeah structurally i mean look at the federal government Mm -hmm. right you have a the executive branch makes an appointment yeah to the judiciary with advice and consent of the legislative branch. In that case, the Senate. As I mentioned, the, the state constitution requires that there be a Judicial Merit Selection Commission, but the constitution is silent on how that Judicial Merit Selection Commission is composed. Hmm. So uh, there. Are, I am among those in the legislature uh, who believe that the governor ought to be the Judicial Merit Selection Commission. Hmm. Right? Let the governor yeah. appoint yeah. people the benefit of the executive branch like in the
1: like you're saying in the federal system yeah the executive gets to submit judges and then
0: congress advise, you know right consents or approves and in that way you establish a check and a balance on on legislative power right right um that would be sort of a core structural change that would that would mitigate um a lot of the the i mean i i don't i don't like using this term because it but but i mean it it would mitigate the corrupt practices that we've seen all over the state with lawyer legislators, mm-hmm. right? But it wouldn't solve them. Mm-hmm. To solve them, you also have to do away with the conflict of interest. Yeah. And the way to do that is to give lawyer legislators a choice, mm-hmm. right? If you want to vote on judges, vote on judges. You just can't go try cases in front of those judges. Mm-hmm. If, you, you know, if your business requires you to try right. cases in front of judges, great, go do mm-hmm. that. Just don't vote on the judges. Mm-hmm. Right. Nobody's saying lawyers can't vote on judges yeah. or lawyers can't try cases. Mm-hmm. Just saying you got to choose. Mm-hmm. What is your role in this system? Mm-hmm. Right. Are you on the gov- Are you on the side of a public representative who's representing in the case of a House member 45,000 people or a senator, 115,000 people? Or are you representing your client who's paying you? Mm-hmm. But you don't get to do both. Yeah but for the same judges over whom you have hiring and firing power. Yeah. That's, that's what needs to happen. Okay. And so to that end, I mean, this is—none of these things I'm describing are, are novel ideas. I mm-hmm. mean, the, these, are, these are reforms that have been discussed for quite a while mm-hmm. in the—I mean, I've probably co-sponsored five or six different pieces of legislation. I've introduced legislation. There's many senators, many members of the House have put forward, you know, really good reform bills. But they don't get traction, hmm. imagine that <laughs> uh, and uh and so uh recently i just I came to the conclusion that the system is not going to change mm-hmm. unless something forces action, hmm. and so I've committed that I will filibuster um, the resolution that schedules judicial elections mm-hmm. unless until we have judicial reform that does away with this conflict of interest.
1: Gotcha.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. And so, you know, and, and I should be clear, I, I'm cognizant of the consequences of that choice. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I don't know if the filibuster is going to succeed. I mean, yeah. there might be enough votes in the Senate to make me sit down and stop talking. I don't know. Gotcha. Um, right. But, you know, in the event that there isn't, um, you know— if we don't have judicial elections, I mean, that has that has consequences if we go yeah. a year or two without judicial elections because yeah. we're going to start getting case backlogs and so on and so forth. I'm right. cognizant of those downstream effects. Mm-hmm. But we got to fix this problem. Mm-hmm. And hopefully this is uh, enough motivation on those who are reticent to change mm. to finally get serious about solving this problem.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. How confident are you of the uh, potential in this? Do you think, I mean, obviously you feel it's important,
0: uh, do you feel like you've got a majority that that would support judicial reform. I think that the Senate will consider this matter very early in 2024. Mm-hmm. I mean, I ha- you know uh, I haven't asked everybody about every possible amendment sure. that might sure. come up along the way, but but there is a very strong appetite yeah. in the, in the Senate to make some of these changes. Okay, and um, then the question moves to the House, yeah. and we, I don't serve in the House, so I'm yeah. You know, you, you might assume the Republican House, Republican Senate everybody thinks the same that's not true really yeah. yeah so the house and the senate are just very different but I, I think the odds are really quite good that the senate will pass a pretty strong judicial reform bill in 2024
1: okay yeah all right well best of luck on that that cool. sounds sounds fascinating yeah. sounds good. um let's shift uh focus a little bit back to national um and I'll just get your opinion on it because you happen to be a member of a governing body but uh <laughs> the congress recently did a had a it was in the news a little bit recently where they relaxed the dress code uh, mm. for Congress. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? I'm guessing not a fan.
0: Not a fan. Not a fan. <laughs> not a fan at all. I mean, look, that is a serious job. Right, right. With serious responsibilities yeah. and serious consequences. Right. Mm-hmm. And to assert that the, the dress code, yeah. the, that not dressing seriously for work Right, it's something you can't do or won't do. Yeah, it seems really strange. Right, you know, and I mean, it, it sort of debases the institution. Yeah, I mean, you got to think we're. It's it's not just about Americans who who vote and who pay attention to the. It's a it, it is about the face we put on for the rest of the world. Yeah, yeah. and it mm-hmm. is not a very fear inducing right you know image to see <laughs> guys running around in their pjs i'm sure it's in uh, yeah. right. in the state you right. know in the u.s senate yeah um so uh, you know I, I i see that the the u.s senate now has reversed course and uh-huh. has adopted a formal dress code that's okay, absolutely okay. the right call um and it's just uh, i don't know what it says about yeah. contemporary american society that we <laughs> even went down that road at all for a couple of days, but <laughs> I, it's certainly not favorable. Yeah. You know?
1: Yeah. That's strange. Could you, could you see that ever happening in, in South Carolina? I no. would say, I would think, you know, no, probably not. Never. Right? I mean,
0: yeah. No. <laughs> I, I mean, if it happens, it'll be long after all of us are, are long gone, Yeah. not in our lifetimes. That's yeah, funny. Yeah. 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 I
1: agree with you on that. It seems it's one of the most photographed rooms, In the world, you know, and it is our face to the rest of the world. Sure. Yeah, I totally agree on that. That's Mm -hmm. wild. Um, We are in South Carolina and we are coming into presidential election season. Uh, You have a favorite so far? Yeah, Yeah,
0: I um, endorsed Nikki Haley the day she announced her candidacy. Yeah, yeah. Um, Nikki was a fantastic governor, um, a great conservative, and she she has... um, uh, I mean, her experience at the UN, it's not only just a line on a resume. She worked, and she got stuff done. Mm -hmm. And so she's a a proven executive with foreign policy experience. She is not afraid to take on big fights. Uh, She is not afraid to take controversial stances when when those are necessary to Mm -hmm. get the job done. She has what it takes to be the president. I mean, I think that's really the threshold question Mm -hmm. with anybody is can they do the job? I don't know that you could say that about all of the candidates who are running, but I know for sure you can say that about Nikki Haley. She can do the Mm -hmm. job. She would undoubtedly go down Mm -hmm. as one of the greatest presidents of the past few generations if Americans see fit to give her the opportunity to serve in that role.
1: Yeah. I will say I do think she's had some of the most incredible uh, debate performances Mm -hmm. recently. Um, Preparedness, I, I think she's
0: definitely top of the list on that, and on th- that front. And yeah. you, absolutely. You think yeah. about, so what do you mean to prepare for a debate? Well, yeah. to prepare for a debate is not only thinking through your zingers in one line, but you have to have substantive knowledge of the subject matter.
1: Right, right. Right, yeah. and,
0: because you don't know what moderators are going to ask, so you have to study. And yeah. I, think, I think Nikki's debate performances demonstrate that she does her homework. Mm-hmm. She's prepared to discuss seriously and at depth yeah. Any issue that comes before, her, and that's because she does her homework, she mm-hmm. works hard, and she's a serious person who's standing up to do a serious job. Yeah, I mm-hmm. agree. It's uh, I get tired of the
1: sort of the petty politics of you know just getting up there and like insulting the right people or saying the right thing to rile up a certain group or something like that. But it seems like she's got the right combination of like you were saying with the zingers, and then also substantive policy information that she would uh, implement, you know, it's it's what
0: I mean, you can tell she has thought seriously about where our country is and where she thinks it needs to go. Right. She does. She's not a candidate searching for talking points. Right. She's a candidate with a core set of beliefs who is talking about her core set of beliefs and the things she wants to get done. And, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I think a lot of candidates you, you can you can fake your talking points for a little while. Mm-hmm. But you can't fake Nikki's seriousness. Mm. She is she means what she says because she's thought about it, she's studied it, and she's ready to go.
1: Yep. You want to crack into one of these drinks over here? Yeah, let's do it. Right. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Let's take a quick little break.
2: Hey, small businesses. Do you have a robust, integrated solution to efficiently and securely file your form 1099, W2, W9, 1095, 94X forms, and more? Don't worry about creating a solution. Let Tax Bandits handle it for you. Tax Bandits goes beyond just tax form generation and e-filing. We also offer robust validation features to ensure accuracy and security throughout the process with address validation and TIN matching. Tax Bandits is even SOC 2 certified. With Tax Bandits, tax calculations are automated filling out your forms accurately, and submitting them to the IRS, SSA, and states, seamlessly, all within your account. Plus, we allow you to give your clients convenient access to recipient copies via postal mail or online access. Visit taxbandits.com today and join the ranks of successful business owners who are using tax bandits to e-file their tax forms.
1: We just cracked the uh, Jack Single Barrel. Uh, this was a gift from John Weil. John Weil. John Weil, the bourbon guy.
0: Very cool. Yeah. Well, it's quite good. They chose a good barrel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah thank you.
1: Yeah. Awesome. So you're saying you're a fan of disc golf?
0: Well, we went and watched it. Yeah. Um, the championship. The championship over you know over the over the weekend. Yeah. And uh, I, I really, my first uh, first time I've seen professional disc golf. Yeah um i sort of had high expectations yeah but wow yeah <laughs> i mean those guys are nuts i yeah. mean the, they can throw the i i don't know what is the, the longest drive oh I, yeah yeah i yeah. mean but and not only how far but how accurate they are you yeah. know i'm thinking about like it's you crazy. know we throw the frisbee around with the kids in the yard Right, right. we're lucky if we can you know get it within 10 feet <laughs> right 20 yards yeah you know these guys are the just precision yeah, at, yeah. Wow. See, it's wild. I mean, it was just really impressive. And what a great thing for Rock Hill. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Really. I mean, what a great thing. Yeah.
1: I didn't realize it was such a big deal. I was driving by it this weekend and, and just saw just you know massive amounts of people just walking along with the the mm-hmm. traffic
0: there. It was probably hundreds of people
1: just walking down, watching the whole thing play out. It's yeah. so wild.
0: Yeah. It, mm-hmm. was, uh, it was a huge crowd. And yeah. I'm told, um, I can't remember where I heard this, but that yeah. the, uh, the organizers and their desire is to turn it kind of into come see me of the fall. Oh yeah! So they had live music every night. They had fireworks, had fireworks every yeah. night. Uh, yeah, you saw the fireworks. I, I heard some fireworks. <laughs> yeah, I was so like, it's got to be the it's got to be the disc, <laughs> disc golf thing, right? Every time the fireworks went off, all of my kids start screaming and they run outside yeah. to go see the fire. You know, um, but was, I mean, what you know, sort of a disc golf championship and you know mixed in with kind of like a fall festival yeah. where they got they, they had a bunch of good food, a um, bunch of great vendors out there. It was just a it was a great setup, and I look forward to seeing it grow. Nice. Yeah.
2: Yeah, and it's like nationally televised too, right? Yeah, I think? Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah, yeah. It's, it's wild cool. the kind of wild sports that Rock Hill's getting the, yeah. the sports tourism. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Now you were telling me earlier that you you have a little zoo. <laughs> yeah, <Isn't> that right? <laughs> is that in in Rock Hill? In yeah, town? At, at that at the really? house near Winter. What? Yeah, so we have. Yeah. Um,
0: <laughs> so, so five children, which yeah. is which is quite zoo-like well, in, sure, in and yeah, of itself. I wasn't referring to the children. You have and, animals as well. And then we have uh, two dogs and a cat, which is pretty standard. Pretty standard yeah, operating and, for. And yeah. then we have um, we're up to nineteen chickens. That one was a surprise. Yeah. Yeah. And the, the ch- you know you wouldn't expect this about chickens, but chickens have personalities. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean they're they're very different. Some are um, you know more social than others. Yeah. Um, and uh, they're just, they're hilarious to watch. So <laughs> chickens have been cool. We do that for eggs. Yeah, yeah. You know. yeah. My wife grew up on a farm I mean, in Texas. A, so. I you've got
1: five kids. So I guess you do go through 19 chickens worth of eggs. Yeah, we really do. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah we
0: go through the eggs. Yeah. And then, so we have those. Uh, it, it's really a great project for the kids. I mean, yeah. they get up every morning to go check on the chickens, let nice. them out to run around and yeah. check for eggs, make sure they have food and water, all yeah. that stuff. Um, so we got the chickens and then um, we have two ducks and a goose. Wow, and the uh, the, the <laughs> these are yours that
1: you acquired, or they just they yeah, hung out in your yard you because they saw the chickens. You buy them online? Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> so so yeah. The,
0: the ducks and the goose started out in in a little baby pool in our entryway. Yeah, when they were you know <laughs> just out of the egg, I the guess. baby pool. That's and now funny. the uh, I really didn't anticipate this. the little The little goose was real clingy as a baby. I mean, uh-huh. she she did not like. Oh, her name is Ryan Gosling. Oh. <laughs> so when when Ryan Gosling was a baby, she she like couldn't stand it if a human wasn't in the room. Yeah. And so she would jump out of the baby pool and chase, you know, run around the house looking for a person. And now Ryan Gosling has turned into a totally vicious attack goose. <laughs> <laughs> and so she's very, very territorial. Uh, uh-huh. She protects all of the other animals in the yard, including, okay. the, like, the, so during the gis- disc golf championship, yeah. you know, we lived so close to yeah. it. People would come into people the yard. People walking near your yard. Well, Ryan was not having that. <laughs> she starts squawking at him, flapping her wings. She runs at him, trying to bite him um anyway so so ryan gosling the uh, the guard goose yeah uh who uh, has kind of become a little bit of a nuisance but you know <laughs> she serves a valuable purpose and then uh, and then we have a bunch of rabbits okay little uh, long-eared bunnies that the children uh kind of treat as a business yeah okay and so we're teaching them about well you got to you know, you don't just get to keep all the money from your sales. Uh-huh. You have to reinvest it in more food. Yeah. We have to upgrade, yeah. you know, their housing arrangements. You have to, <laughs> you know, I mean, there's costs associated with your business. So, you know, only, you know, net of cost is your profit. Right, and, right. Uh, okay. And so it, you
1: turn them into, you're, you're teaching them the financial yeah. principles at a young age. Yeah. yeah. And it's all a right. super
0: cute way to do that, too. Yeah, yeah. They, they, you, know, the, uh, <laughs> you know, the kids are just running around the yard holding bunnies. Yeah. The time. And, and, you know, um, the... Uh, the supply is basically limitless yeah. on 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 <laughs> Right, right. Famously, famously <laughs> yeah. so. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. You know what, that, that is so, hard. how
1: many bunnies do you think you have?
0: Oh, At uh, any given time. Yeah, I mean, we try to keep it kind of thin. Yeah. Uh, because we're you know the the goal for the children is try to try sell these. Try things. Try to keep it moving. Yeah, yeah. you got to move the yeah. inventory. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I think probably right now we have eight to twelve somewhere yeah. in that in that neighborhood.
1: Fascinating. Now, uh, you had mentioned that you can buy them online or whatever for the geese and animals. I was at the post office recently. I didn't realize you could do it, but you can just buy chicken, like mail chickens. That's the, how we get our chickens. Yeah, 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 through the mail. That's yeah. so weird. Yeah. I was just like, it, I was waiting in line and there's like somebody moving a box. It was like, Cheep, cheap, 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 cheap. <laughs> and I was like, they were like, chickens, who's coming to pick them up? And
0: That's just, really just funny. It
1: never clicked for me. I was like, I know you can mail a lot of stuff, but... You That's an interesting... Male live chickens. Male live chickens and, yeah. and apparently geese as well and ducks. Yeah. 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 Right. A guard goose. goose. Everybody should have a guard Sorry. goose. Ryan Gosling. You can buy Ryan Gosling. You can mail him in the mail. You ever catch yourself saying something weird like that?
0: I was just outside
1: and Ryan Gosling bit me. Yeah, right.
0: <laughs> got bit by Ryan Gosling. I'm telling you, she's afraid of nothing. Yeah. <laughs> she's afraid of nothing. You know, if she views it as a threat, she's coming. It's been pretty exciting to watch her. That's
1: funny. That's funny. Um any other weird animals? Any other animals in the house?
0: <laughs> I mean, we have our sh- fair share of snakes and hawks oh, now. Oh, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Oh, with the rabbits? Yeah, yeah, yeah. With the rabbits and the chickens. Yeah, the hawks have been kind of brutal on our chickens. Ooh, <laughs> Yeah. So we had to uh, get an attack rooster okay. to, uh, you know, combat. So how many
1: roosters do you have for the 19 chicken? Well, right. Of the 19
0: chicken. We have one adult rooster, uh-huh. Mean Joe. Mean Joe. Mean Joe. They're always mean. Yeah, they right. right. yeah, right. never like friendly he's a, he's, Joe. He's a Joe Redmond <laughs> game bird. So okay. we, we named him, you know, combine that with Mean Joe Green. That was his, you know. <laughs> so, yeah, but mean, mean Joe is pretty ferocious. Um, and then we have a um, an adolescent rooster who, you know, his hormones haven't quite kicked in yeah, yet for yeah. being protective. But mm-hmm. uh, he's Mean Joe's backup. Gotcha. In the event that, that a hawk takes out Mean Joe. <laughs>
1: So you got a fighting Gamecock in your backyard? Yeah, he kind of is. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
0: He's a a beautiful bird.
1: True. South Carolinian. Yeah, right. Uh, (laughs) I was at a farm recently with uh, somebody who graduated from South Carolina, and they were looking at the chickens. They're like, look at that. The apex predator right there. (laughs) They were were talking to a Clemson person. (laughs) Look at that beautiful bird. Most terrifying creature. (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah they are uh the rooster can be yeah yeah i mean you don't want
1: to i wouldn't want to tussle with one
0: no yeah No. especially i mean uh, i probably shouldn't have delighted in this as much as i as much <laughs> as i have but um you know the kids don't still don't yet recognize that they can just bow up and the rooster will turn and run the other oh way. yeah yeah so the rooster chases the kids Oh. Through, through the yard and they run through them and that is uh it's pretty pretty priceless entertainment that's funny that's yeah. funny we got to learn That's great. Now, uh you were an Eagle Scout, is that right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. all right.
1: Are the kids on scouting right now or
0: Yes, they my my oldest is I mean, we have not been diligent about keeping up with it mm-hmm. in the last year or so, but you know, we will, you know, the deal with all the kids is you don't get a driver's license until you have an Eagle Scout. Oh. And that was my deal. Yeah. And so um we we intend to abide that right. that rule as well. Interesting. So Interesting. You know, well, how early can you get it theoretically? I think you could you can get it probably right at 15, 15 if yeah. you knocked it out. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. um, really, really quickly. So you know, um, but I love it. I mean, yeah. it is. It, I, I loved it when I was coming along. Yeah. Um, it, the leadership skills you learn, yeah. the values you learn, uh, the experiences you get to have mm-hmm. are really extraordinary, and uh, there are some great troops around Rock Hill. Uh, they meet on different days of the week so Mm -hmm. you know anybody can go out and find one that's probably suitable to your calendar and um, we have just had extraordinary experiences with it nice it's been good is there a
1: favorite project or memorable project that you Remember from your time? Well, I tell your you, my Eagle coming. Scout project yeah, sure. what was, was
0: uh, building trails at Brattonsville. Oh, okay. Huh. Yeah, right. well, that's a fun way to do it. Yeah, it was. Uh, it and those trails are still there. They're a whole lot more improved. How
1: soon. how detailed you have to get? How many miles of trail or length? I, it of was
0: a lot of miles of clearing.
1: Gotcha. Uh, but just I think going through with a machete, just hacking away, or what was? It like? Well,
0: it was kind of like you. You, part of that, yeah. Yeah. You had to, there was some. I mean, a little bit of just brush clearing, chainsaw yeah. work, brush clearing, sure. that kind of thing, but. You know, uh, I think when you're 16 and really anxious to get this thing done, there was also a lot of strategic laziness in the the endeavor Where We weren't picking, we would pick routes that looked easy to clear. (laughs) (laughs) That looked like a natural route. Yeah, Yeah, right, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Eh, Makes sense. Yeah,
1: Yeah. Yeah, work smarter, right? We we were not,
0: you know, blasting rocks with dynamite. (laughs) (laughs) You got to learn to work smart,
1: you know? it's You got to make the... Just do Minimal a little effort little, to little get the loop around
2: time. the tree, and you keep going. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. Loop around scenic routes. Scenic, scenic route. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's right. Very cool.
1: Awesome. Well, that's fun. That's
2: cool. Well, you have a lot on your plate. It sounds like. How do you yeah. have time for kids and scouting and filibustering and your your well and, and your coming, financial I mean, practice? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like yeah. how do you? Yeah, that's it? a fair question. I mean, it's, it's sort of the whole
0: thing is like a triage operation. <laughs> yeah. Right. Like you got to see. Right. Which thing needs urgent attention now? <laughs> right. um, and then, look you—you uh, you would be amazed what you can accomplish um, if you just decide you're going to get it done, mm-hmm. right? I mm-hmm. mean, you just there are certain, like I, mm-hmm. there's a certain amount of things that I have to get done, and I'm going to get them done. And so, yeah. where you can be more efficient, you become more efficient. Where mm-hmm. where you can delegate. You delegate. Yeah. Um, and it is, as you all know this, I mean, it's a work in progress. You never get it right. Right. Uh, but yeah. but each of us is capable of, of doing a lot of work. Mm-hmm. Um, and I delight in doing work. Mm-hmm. Um, enjoy it a lot. And so, you know, I just, as a consequence, work a lot. Yeah. You
1: know? <laughs> Do you find it beneficial to focus on, say, one of your tasks at a time rather than to kind of have... Many irons in the fire at any given point, or is there sort of a method that you go about? No,
0: I really like the fluidity of bouncing back and forth between you know from you know I might do a business meeting from you know ten to eleven thirty, and Mm -hmm. then roll right into a lunch meeting about something going on in the Senate. Yeah, and then on the phone in between those two things, taking a call about the Senate and a call about work. Yeah, Um, or talking to one of the kids, or you know. Nice. whatever it may be, I, I really like that. I, it's probably because I have a really terrible ADD, so <laughs> having lots of different <laughs> things yeah. going on just really, you know. Hey, that works It's, out, it's, it's your, very satisfying. You turn that into your
1: superpower. Right, yeah. 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 <laughs>
0: awesome. And I will also say yeah. I have an extraordinary wife.
1: Oh, yeah. 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 yeah.
0: yeah. I mean, Marty is, uh, you know, but for Marty, none of this would be possible. Right. She's a Texas farm girl turned attorney and now, mm. now mother of five, and uh, she's just... Incredibly impressive and, and equally hardworking and uh, nice. just a, a tremendous partner in all of this. Any final thoughts? Nah, I would just um, w- one or thing. Any hobbies I mean, that d- we didn't discount? Hobbies? <laughs> <I>, hobbies? You <laughs> think I got time for How hobbies? <laughs> what the kind of time you think I have? <laughs> <laughs> no, I. I uh, uh, it's it's so fresh. It's it's so new. Yeah, right. to The what what's going on in Israel? I right. would ask everybody to pray for mm-hmm. the folks over there. Yeah um and even though you know we reject wholeheartedly moral equivalence mm-hmm. we acknowledge the human toll yeah. on both sides mm-hmm. and um uh, I, the loss of life the tragic loss of life that has happened and will happen mm-hmm. um is is horrible yeah. um and so i'd ask everybody to pray for pray for the folks over there who are, are dealing with a grueling set of circumstances and choices yeah
1: well, thank you for joining
0: us. It's been yeah. a pleasure. Been uh, great. despite you know great. some
1: grim conversation, yeah. but, but it's been <laughs> pleasurable overall. So I, I appreciate you making time to talk to us. Uh, yeah.
0: Enjoy the fun. conversation. Thank you. Thanks so much.
2: Thank
1: Thanks for joining us on The Bandit Room. Stick around next week and see what we talk about.
2: The Bandit Room is a production of Span Enterprises, located in sunny Rock Hill, South Carolina. We've been developing, supporting, and growing successful IRS e-filing and business management solutions since 2010. Go to SpanEnterprises.com now to learn more. The views and opinions expressed in the bandit room are those of the guests, and do not necessarily reflect or state the opinions of Span Enterprises. No information should be considered as tax, legal, or other professional advice.